Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 459 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Willie Green. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week, my guy, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? Chad, if I were any better, I would probably be a Mets fan, but I'm not a Mets (laughs) fan, and I'm still doing really, really well. Thanks for asking. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Screw Steve Cohen. Screw the Mets. I don't care what they do. We're Reds fans and proud of it. And that's That's what we're going to talk about this week. Uh, Before we go further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. If you're listening to the audio version, subscribe, follow, whatever whatever it has on your your app that you listen to us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you you find podcasts, we're there. Just give us a a subscription and, and, you know, um, get to hear us talk to you every week. Um, what's better than that? <laughs> well, I'm not going to answer that question. I'm going to plead the fifth, uh, as a constitutional law professor might say. So here's what I'm going to talk about, though. I literally just said we'll talk to you every week. And last week, we had two podcasts in your feed, uh, neither of which were us talking to you last week, i got to admit. Um, our last episode, which I thought it was, it was holiday week, so we thought we'd uh, rerun one of my favorite conversations, and it was uh, Chris Garber and I. It was actually previously a uh, long time ago, almost two years ago now, but it was our discussion of kind of day by day. It was for the, uh, as a Patreon exclusive podcast back in the day. And I guess I made it not exclusive, but there's some sort of a statute of limitations there, I think. But we went day by day with the 1990 Reds and got some great feedback on it. Thanks, thanks to all of you for that. Go back and listen if you get a chance to. It was a lot of fun. And then last week, I guess I wasn't going to lead off with this, but we also I might as well go ahead and say it. Um, we replayed an interview that we did with Tom Browning, Mr. Perfect, back in, uh, it was actually 2009 when he came on the podcast. If you can believe we've been doing this podcast that long, 2009, it was a really good interview, uh, kind of talking about his career and things. And just, you know, I wanted to off the top here very quickly say rest in peace, Tom Browning, um, the old left-hander, I tell you, one of my favorite players of all time involved in some of my favorite moments as a Reds fan growing up. And so, tip of the cap to uh to mr perfect any quick thoughts nate not too much just that uh you know i don't have a ton of memories tom browning it was when i was pretty pretty young when he was still playing but the impact he had on uh, him and his family on the community he seemed like he always always prioritized things that were should be most important baseball was a fun game he played and he had a lot of fun doing it but family and friends and good times were uh always seemed paramount to him and i think we can all Take a little something from that. Yeah, I'm going to tell a story here very quickly. Um, I agree with you uh, 100%, obviously, but quickly about one of my, maybe my primary memory of Tom Browning that I don't think I've ever said here. And it's because it's not really a, it's not really a memory of Tom Browning, but every time he came up over the years, I would always call him my man TB. 
and you can probably go back in the archives of uh, of the podcast and hear me call him my man TB several times. What that came from was in the 1990 playoffs. Uh, this is will show you uh, kids of a certain uh, vintage will understand this, but I used an audio cassette uh, recorder and I recorded the post game shows after their post game wins onto audio cassettes. Those cassettes are probably somewhere still uh, available, but I remember after they won the national league championship series over the, uh, the pirates in 1990, I remember <laughs> distinctly the old left-hander Joe Nuxall going into the clubhouse. And the first person he runs into is Tom Browning and they're all celebrating and screaming. And, and Joe Nuxall sounds like he's already had, uh, you know, a few celebratory uh, drinks, but he's like, TB, my man, TB. And they just, they were, they were so happy. And I don't know. I, and I was so happy because the Reds were in the World Series for the first time in my memory. So anyway, that's what I, that's what I always think of when I think about Tom Browning. And so again, tip of the cap and uh, he will be missed. Let's get into um, some uh, news of the week. There was a little bit of news, some transactions. There was, but news. Also- there was real news. <laughs> All right, and we don't need to take that uh, for granted because most of this offseason has been crickets on the transaction front. Let's talk about the first uh, the first big one, I guess, uh, big for, for the Reds anyway. The Reds signed Will Myers for 2023 uh, with a uh, 2024 option. The deal um, reportedly is for $6 million for 2023 with a $1.5 million buyout on the 2024 option. So there's a, essentially, I think it's a player option, but it could be, uh, so he, Myers is going to get at least $7.5 million. Will Myers, of course, will be 32 coming off a, uh, a stint, a long stint, actually, what, seven years in San Diego. He, of course, came up with uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, one rookie of the year back in 2013. He'll be 32. Uh, still a still a hitter, you know. I mean, he's not a superstar hitter, an above average hitter certainly, and he immediately becomes the Reds' best outfielder. I think. Uh, what are your thoughts about Will Myers, Nate? He's good. He is good at playing baseball. The Reds don't have a ton of these guys. Um, regular listeners will know that I've been sort of clamoring for a while for the Reds to kind of just get professional hitters, and he's not quite where you know, not quite who I'm talking about when I say that. But he's a good ball player. He is going to be a, uh, a strong veteran presence. His 108 OPS plus last year would have been fourth on the team. So the Reds got better. I, I have no complaint. Actually, the only complaint I have is that it's just that one-year deal with a mutual option for the second. So essentially, it's a one-year deal. If he has a great year, he's probably going to opt out. I wish they would have done it for two or three because he just seems like the kind of guy that's going to be above average as long as he's in the league. And I think that's what the Reds need right now. So I'm a huge fan. It's not going to move the needle. The Reds are not going to win, you know, 90 games because of this, but quality professional at bats. I can't complain a bit. Right. Marginally above average uh, player, but he has been an above average hitter his entire career. He, um, is, uh, he does, he does move the needle a little bit just for the Reds because again, he becomes he'll probably back up at first base, but he becomes the best outfielder the Reds have right now, which is a a really sad statement. But it's but it's not like he's uh, he's bad. He's a good player. I'm happy to have him. My thoughts though initially were first of all these are the these are the only types of transactions that we're going to get for the foreseeable future. Which is a guy who well here's his quote about Cincinnati. I think it goes without saying that Cincinnati is a great place to hit. Said Myers on Thursday afternoon. Not only that, I like the city a lot. I've enjoyed my time there. 
Obviously, yes, the ballpark itself is a nice draw. It's a place I was really looking at starting in free agency. So hey, what he's telling you is exactly what we all know, which is I'm going to come there, hit the cover off the ball, and uh, you know it'll be the the, the Brandon Drury project or the uh, Tommy Pham project. I saw the Brandon Drury project actually in uh, 1998 at Bonnaroo. Uh, they were really really good. Um, but it's it's a, it's a situation where we sign some guy to help him build some value and trade him off. The, the best case scenario for the Reds, frankly, is that he's gone in July. And I hate I hate this type of signing. Not because I don't like Will Myers. I'm happy to have Will Myers. But I want guys coming here because they're going to be part of the next good Reds team. And uh, I don't like where we are in this, uh, this cycle, I guess, that they, the Reds think we have to be in. But um, don't get too attached to him, I guess, uh, is what I would say, because he's probably going to be gone soon if he's any good at all. And if he's not good at all, you're going to wish he wasn't here, but I expect he is going to be pretty good. And um, I'm going to enjoy watching him play. And again, I like above average players in the Reds lineup as opposed to below average players. So hoorah. Hey, the San Diego fans <laughs> love him. He's a, uh, he's a bit of a personality, which is fun. And if you want to look for some sort of argument that they might not trade him, I think they have to pay him like 500 K if they do. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was a clause in the contract. If he's traded $500, is that going to pay somebody? Well, it depends on, you know what it depends on, whether they're going to be willing to make that payment. But yeah, what kind of a haul? What kind of a haul are they going to get for Will Myers? So Nick Carl's good at getting a haul. Um, So that was uh, good news. And I, I wouldn't call that surprising news. That's the type of player that I expect the Reds would be going out to get. I didn't, I, I didn't expect that name. I didn't predict Will Myers. But the next uh, transaction to discuss I was a shock to me. And it was a shock in a good way, a, a surprise, surpri- pleasantly surprising move is ha- how I would describe it if I knew how to use the English language. And that was the Reds designated Mike Moustakas for assignment. Now, on, oh, baby. on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you that the Reds did this? Because I'm like a 9. Yeah, I would say eight and a half, nine, uh, solely because I thought they would at least trot him out there for spring training to see if they could get a little return on that investment. That, that alone. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thrilled, I'm thrilled, <laughs> but yeah, surprised. Well, this is not something the Reds do. And so let me uh, say this, because again, I, as I as I put it on Twitter, put this in the credit where credit's due department, this is, this is objectively the correct move. Nick Crawl. Once again, we're praising you. This is objectively the right move. And also, whoever above him signed off on this, because this has just not been the way Castling have ever operated. So whoever said, yeah, we're going to have to pay. It's the concept that we talk about all the time here of sunk costs. And we're going to have to pay him either way, period, point blank. And so the fact that they did it and, um, you know, gave up, gave up that, uh, that, uh, Money on and not trying to get a, a, a any return, as you say. I think it. Uh, I think it's. I think it's very good and very uh, encouraging. I guess I'll say. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's crazy that the payroll is going to be like eighty-five million or something, and twenty-three of it is not even playing for the team. Got DFA'd, but I don't know, man. The guy. Uh, it was. A, it was a good try when they signed him. I was happy for sure. But I think he goes down as, if not the worst contract in Reds history, one of the top two or three. Eric Milton might be looking down saying, hey, my time to shine is over. The guy <laughs> hit like Billy Hamilton and moved like Sean Casey, and he did not wear that uniform. It was, I'm not going to look back fondly on the Mike Moustakas era. 
no, no. And I was like, you, I thought it was a, a good signing when they did it. And you could go back in the archives and, and hear what I said about it. I was, uh, I was positive with it. I thought it was a good deal. Not because Moustakis was great, you know, uh, but he was good. He was kind of like we just said about Will Myers in the five yeah. years before coming to Cincinnati, he had a 114 OPS plus. So solidly above average bat. Right. And that's bring it on. I'll take that. Uh, three seasons with the Reds. 216 average, 300 on base, 383 slugging, OPS plus of just 80. Um, I can't imagine. Well, I started to say I can't imagine some team claiming him. Um, but someone someone will take a flyer on Mike Mustakas because really all they have to do is pay him the. If I understand the rules correctly, and I rarely do, um, they just have to pay him the league minimum. The Reds are still on the hook for um, everything else if the, someone else takes a. Uh, a flyer on him, but either way, he's, you know, 48 years old now, more power to him. I think he, you know, uh, as we always say, he's not going to go down in, in, in lore as a Reds fan favorite, but it was like he was trying to be bad, you know, so we wish him the best of luck. I'm just really glad I don't want to look at him in a Reds uniform. Anymore. Yeah. I kind of want to congratulate him. People always talk about maybe a, a bullpen catcher being the, the best job you can have, make a few hundred K to, Catch bullpens. No, Mike Mike has the best job you can have. You could get paid twenty million to do nothing. Well, now, okay, that's it's, it's a funny thing, but it's not actually true because um, he got abused uh, by fans sometimes, and I'm sure he was hard on himself. So, um, if he didn't care, then yeah, I guess maybe it would be a good job. But you know, the other transaction that same day that we want to talk about is another old friend uh, returning to Cincinnati. The Reds, you know, the Reds signed. Um, the guy who's naming uh, uh, good grief. It just escaped me. The, the, the backup catcher we thought from Luke mail, Luke mail um, that we thought was going to be, Oh, there's your backup catcher, you know, a million, million and a half. Um, the Reds went out and got Kirk Casale, former red and a, and a, a fan favorite when he was in Cincinnati signed Kirk Casale for 2023. It's a uh, $2.5 million contract with an option for 2024 that, um, would include a $750,000 buyout if uh, the option's not picked up. So Kurt Casale, you know, played three seasons with the Reds, two and a half, um, 2018 to 2020. And, you know, it was pretty good in Cincinnati. It, it, 260 average, 345 on base, 440 slugging, really good kind of uh, uh, do with, uh, with with Tucker Barnett, really good catching duo. Everyone likes Kurt Casale. I think pitchers like him. Uh, yay, right? It's definitely a yay. Welcome back, Kurt. Um, you know, some, some quotes that I read about Kurt Casale after the signing went down. Perfectly serviceable. Not a liability. Those are good things. We like both of those. Um, he had an 86 OPS plus last year. He's never really had a full-time job. But that OPS plus is pretty much what Tommy Pham did. And he's a backup catcher. It's above average for a catcher. So, you know, his his Career weighted runs created plus is roughly average, strong defender. He's above average at framing, apparently, which is just a practice that I hate. I am firmly <laughs> against framing, but until it's banned, which they should, they should ban you for trying to trick old men. <laughs> until they do, whatever. I'm glad he's good at it. Um, he provides lineup flexibility, which is probably my favorite part of all this because his bat is not a, uh, a huge negative. You know, he can, he can DH, they can DH Tyler Stevenson. Um, it, I think it allows Ty Steve to be in the lineup six-plus days a week. And if he's not, then I'll pull somebody else's hair out because I don't have any. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he, again, he's not going to be a, he's not going to kill the ball. He's not, he's there for, he's a veteran to work with these young pitchers, a veteran catcher. Um, he clearly likes Cincinnati. Uh, the fans liked him. I, no issues with this. You know, no, again, does he move the needle? No, none of these guys are going to move the needle for this team, but he's perfectly cromulent and I'm happy to have him. And very, uh, very strong jawline, according to the baseball <laughs> reference photo. I think strong. that bodes well, but I'm not a scientist. Strong jawline, uh, uh, handsome man. Welcome back. Um, with Casale's contract now, the Reds payroll roughly eighty-three million. Whoo, man! <laughs> Nick Carl said out there in the streets. <laughs> Nick Carl said we'd have to get creative <laughs> if we're to, to to put any more money on that payroll. Oh, they're maxed out. Oh man! Uh, but uh, one thing I want to talk about here quickly is the Reds actually signed. Someone else, a couple of, of others, but the one that I want to talk about first is Austin Romine. Austin Romine, of course, came over. Uh, he was uh, uh, released by the uh, the Cardinals. The Reds picked him up last year, midway through the season, and he was, uh, again, just a backup catcher. He was not great, but he was another backup catcher. And the Reds uh, signed him to a uh, minor league deal and uh, invited him to spring training. And so the reason I want to mention Austin Romine, uh, welcome back, I guess, hey, you know, he's He's organizational filler, but Nick Crawl has signed three backup catchers this year. This is proof that Nick Crawl can be taught. He can learn because last season, he if you recall, he went into the season with zero backup catchers in the entire organization, all the way down to rookie league. Nick Crawl forgot to sign a backup catcher last year. He won't make that mistake again. We've got four catchers now. We've got uh, 18 shortstops. We're on the path to Nick Crawl having a lineup of all catchers and shortstops, and I'm here for it because if you're not going to be good, at least be interesting. That's that's my uh, my motto for the 2023 season. Two most important positions on the field, some would say. Um, let's not dance on the rooftops about uh, Tony parades for Austin Romine. He hasn't had an OPS in the sixes since 2019, but I don't know. He seems to have a good reputation behind the dish, and we have a lot of young pitchers that need – that kind of presence back there. So I'm not mad about it. No. Yeah. I, he's perfectly fine to come up. He'll be a triple A, no doubt to start. And um, he's a, again, I like having a, and this is something that our buddy uh, Carlos Guevara said once on, on the mm -hmm. show here, when he visited us, which is that what he really wants to see is a veteran back there. The backup catcher is not going to hit. You can't expect the back catcher anywhere to hit, but get somebody that can handle the pitching staff can help uh, bring along these, these uh, young starters the Reds have. And so now with Casali and Romine, you've got a couple of those. I, I you know, I, I don't care that if they can hit, frankly. No, um, I mean, that's that's why they're backups. If they could hit, they wouldn't be backups. Simple exactly. As that. So if they are backups, expect them not to hit. And it's a good signing. But there was, yeah. there was one more. Oh, this is the most exciting. Man, what a week for transactions. Man, Man this has Reds just been hot out there. <laughs> it's been amazing. Nate, on a scale again, we're going a scale of one to ten. How excited are you that the Reds signed relief pitcher Alan Businitz? Businitz, Businitz. I, I thought it was Gary Businitz. <laughs> Gary Musinex. He's uh, he was great in the cinematic masterpiece Rookie of the Year. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's, that was a minor league deal with an invite to spring training, so yeah. we we might not hear his name again, but. He's been in Japan, which is fun. I don't know 
if there's any good sushi or ramen in Cincinnati. If there are, everybody hit him up in the DMs. Apparently, he's good at keeping the ball in the park, which plays well at Grand American Ballpark. I don't know. Looking for reasons to care. I hope he is lights out and the anchor of the bullpen, but I don't expect to uh, be seeking out his baseball card. Yeah, rookie year, uh, 2017 with the Twins, 1.99 ERA in 28 games. And then in 23 games the following season, 7.82 ERA. So just got somewhere in the middle of that. That's all we're asking for. Uh, Gary Busey Musinex, whatever your name is. Um, Welcome to Cincinnati. Oh, mercy. All right, there's only one other thing that I think I want to talk to before we get into our topic of the week, Nate. And that is this. ESPN this week made a bold prediction. The prediction, well, they they basically had their power rankings. They had the Reds ranked as the 30th ranked team. Nate, how many teams are there in Major League Baseball? Hopefully, like 180. You would hope. Unfortunately, it is 30. Oh. They had the Reds ranked at 30 and projected that the Reds... Um, so close. <laughs> yeah, would win 60 games, Nate. Now, if you're able to do a little bit of basic arithmetic you would know that 60 games, if the Reds won 60 games, they would have lost 102 for the second consecutive 100-loss season. Um, I'll let you talk about the, uh, the the projection there a little bit, if you want, from ESPN's Bradford Doolittle. Not a real person. No yeah. way that's a real person. Bradford Doolittle. But first, let's uh, ask a uh, viewer mail question here. This comes from our buddy. All these viewer mail questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontsensi. That's patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy, where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast. Kyle Kapler, there seems to be a belief, especially on Twitter, that the Reds will be just as bad this upcoming season as they were last season. I don't think this for many reasons, agree or disagree. So now I'll just turn it over to you to talk about whatever you want to say about the projection and then about Kyle's question, because uh, I, I do have an answer for that. It seems kind of rude to project any team to only win 60 games. I mean, these, these are human beings out there in those uniforms. It's kind of just kind of just a dirtbag move. Um, I would I would take the over. Give me the over on that all day long. I don't see them being worse this season with the abysmal injury luck that they had last year. The starting pitching is going to be pretty good, probably. Sure, it would be better with Castillo and Malley for a full season, but we don't have that. I mean... God willing, a healthy Tyler Stevenson year, um, healthy Joey Votto year, India with somewhere somewhat of a bounce back. I just I don't see them being worse than they were this past year. Um, I think I think we're going to get big things with Christian Carnacion Strand, who is my new favorite player, and a decent Spencer Siri. I, I, it just seems like a better team to me. I don't know. Call me crazy. <laughs> don't put it on the tee for me like that, Nate. Um, yeah, you're you're completely you're completely insane. Um, at the at the risk of agreeing with Kyle Kapler, and I just got to say, never agree with Kyle Kapler. That's that's basically been one of my rules in life, dating back to middle school. I just decided early on, I was never going to agree with Kyle Kapler. Um, and Kyle is just now he's uh, immediately uh, deleting his Patreon account as we say this. No, Kyle, you're right. Actually, obviously, I'm joking around with you. Kyle's right. Um, Look, the Reds are bad. They were really bad last year, and they lost 100 games. They are going to be bad this year, period. And 
Uh, everyone has had fun on our Patreon Slack channel with uh, coming up with designs for my tattoo that I promised I'd get if they lost. What do we say? 102 games. What do we say? What was that? 102 games? Was that the was that the bet? Mm-hmm. The res yeah the res was 102 that I uh, have to get a, a tattoo and they've been some uh, some amusing uh, options presented in the Slack channel. So join us if you want to come um, uh, join that conversation. But Kyle's right. I really don't. A lot of things have to go wrong to lose 100 games. <laughs> Think how many times the Reds have lost 100 games. You know, not very many. They, those things went wrong last year. Everything went wrong. Now, are the Reds worse? Well, I got, if you want to make an argument that they're going to be significantly worse, you'd say, well, we're not going to have a, half a season of Brandon Drury and, and I don't know, Tommy Pham and, uh, you know, um, Luis Castillo, you know. Um, so – Okay, I get it. But they're, you know, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo are going to be better. Uh, Graham Ashcraft, presumably. You're going to have Tyler Stevens. Are all these guys going to get hurt again? That's the other thing that happened, which is that everybody got hurt. That's not, it may happen again, but I, I wouldn't bet, I wouldn't bet the ranch on it. Um, I just, I can't see everything going wrong again. And I think there are reasons for optimism with some kids here. Now, are, I'm not telling you that they're going to be a winning team. I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that. But if I had to bet the over-under on 100 losses, or let's say 99 losses over-under, I'm taking the under on that. I just don't see – I don't think it's going to happen. I think everything has to go wrong again. And I just um, – I think Kyle's right. Run to the new casino. Place your bets on that over. I mean, you got to think about it. So they started 3-22. and 22. That – the chances of that happening again, first off. Right. With their full their full roster, is slim to none. Um, they got so much worse after they traded everybody away, and they had to plug these holes with with roster fodder. Just barely even major league worthy players. Um, that's not going to happen. They don't have players to trade this year. And last year they had Tommy Pham and Brandon Jury and Luis Castillo and Tyler Mount. Who are they going to trade this year? They have young controllable assets. And Will Myers. And we haven't signed. <laughs> the 2023 Reds. Young, controllable assets and Will Myers. Buy your season tickets now. <laughs> so they're not going to lose 102 games. I don't think they're going to lose 100 games. Don't get me wrong. It would not blow my mind if we're here in late September and they have lost 102 games. But I would put, um, you know, I'd, I'd put my mortgage down that over and i don't know i had a moment yesterday where i was talking myself as the off season spring training is approaching i was talking myself into every year there's a team that comes out of nowhere and (laughs) competes could it be could it be the reds so i'm going to carry that mindset into this off season yeah and and that's a point that i wanted to make actually is that yes the next three months are the time when traditionally and again i keep saying go back to the archives but we've been going since 2007 here we're episode number 459 there's a lot of archives you can go back and listen to preseason podcasts and you could hear that optimism creep in and maybe it's a coping mechanism to dealing with this organization but 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 this this argument so to speak that the reds aren't going to lose 100 games it's not just starry-eyed optimism <laughs> And the fact that we're saying, you know, optimism over not losing 100 games is embarrassing, but that's where we are. 
No, I think it's, I really genuinely, I don't think it's me just trying to be optimistic for the coming years. Talking about whether, uh, can they sneak in like you're talking about and be that surprise team? I'm not willing to go there. Uh, they're going to be bad. Uh, but I just, I don't see it. I just, how many, how many bad teams have we seen in Cincinnati over the last three decades? And one has lost a hundred games. And that had, that was a team that had to have this historically bad start to get there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, Kyle, for once. You're correct. Now, how many games are the Reds going to win? Well, save that for your preseason prediction podcast. It's coming. All right, crunching the numbers. We... I've got, I've got <laughs> Facebook's algorithm hard at work. There you go. You and Bradford Doolittle. Bradford Doolittle. Who's going to be gonna... pitching for the Reds at some point this season? <laughs> it sounds like a guy. There was a dude little pitch for the Reds that we are not going to mock on this show. Go who's? Thank you. Nate, are you ready for the topic of the week? Let's go. I'm excited about this one. This is a good one, and I had a, little, a lot of fun thinking uh, coming up with our answers. And Nate, uh, you want to introduce the uh, <laughs> you want to introduce the the topic of the week? Yeah. So obviously, this is coming out on Friday. It'll be New Year's Eve, if I'm not mistaken. I am not. Nostradamus, so don't judge me on this, but we wanted to throw out some New Year's Reds solutions. So just some things as Reds fans, as Willie Mopena bobblehead owners. If you're watching on Twitter, there is a Willie Mopena bobblehead in the, on the screen. Sorry, Nate, didn't mean to distract you. We, we, wanted to, we spent the year reflecting on how we behaved as Reds fans. And some of it we're pretty proud of. We did a lot of good things. A lot of it, you know, not going to tell my mom about. <laughs> so we wanted to come up with just a few things each that we really want to focus on as Reds fans. Things that we hope to, to, you know, to achieve, to strive for, to be the best Reds fans that we can be. So here we are. It's our New Year's Resolutions. Which you already know if you've read the title of this show. New Year's Resolutions. Just fits. Uh, what's that? I said just fits too. I was excited yeah, about that. Resolutions. I know, right? We're clever. We're fun. We're having fun. <laughs> We're laughing. We are laughing. <laughs> um, I love lamp. So, uh, Nate, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let we each pick three of our own New Year's resolutions as Reds fans. I encourage each of you, by the way, either in our Slack channel, if you're a Patreon, uh, but uh, but uh, at Riverfront Cincy or, or at Dotson C, at NC Dotson 32, let us know what your New Year's resolutions are, actually, because this is a fun conversation to have, especially after you hear what what we say. Nate, do you want to lead off with your first New Year's resolution? Yeah, sure. I'm, I'll about lead off. So one thing that I want to do, uh, as, as regular listeners know, I spend a lot of time living outside the country, just about seven years. So my opportunities to watch the Reds play live uh, have been pretty limited over the last decade plus. I am going to watch the Reds play in at least four different ballparks. There's obviously one that they play roughly 81 games in, depending on whether or not there's a Field of Dreams situation in the mix. Um, I've got my eyes on... A Boston series in May. We have a brother that recently moved there. Um, there's a Baltimore series in June. Hold on a second. They're playing in Boston again this year? They are. They're playing. Oh, dude, we are there. Yeah, we're having, we're recording it. a podcast from Fenway, man. So go we ahead. Doing that. 
Uh, Baltimore series in June. That's just about a three-hour drive from us here in Richmond, Virginia. And then I'm thinking if we can get him on the horn, we meet up with our buddy Carlos in July when the Padres come to town. But that would involve some other crazy factors happening. And they also do play the Nationals in Washington this year, which is just about a two, two two-and-a-half-hour drive. So, or hour and a half, depending on Interstate 95 traffic. So that's my first resolution. I want to attend four Reds games, four different ballparks. There you go. Right, right, right. Uh, number of Reds games to be determined, but four different parks. That's aggressive. It's yeah. an aggressive resolution, Nate. I hope you re- hope you reach it. Going hard um, in the paint. Yeah, I mean, we can we can certainly uh, catch uh, Nationals Park and and Camden. You know, depending on how, how things go. But yeah, obviously, our brother, one of our brothers, just moved to Boston. That would be a that would be a sweet one. Um, and at that point, you've got three, and then well, we'll talk about the fourth one later. You know, I just found out not too long ago that I'm uh, going to attend a professional conference. Professional pod, uh, professional podcasters. No, not, it's a different kind of professional po- conference, but it's in Kansas City. I've never been to Kansas City. I hear they have barbecue and I hear they have baseball. I'm going to uh, try them both. Unfortunately, the Reds will not be there, but that'll be a stadium I get to add to my uh, to my list that I've been to. I love this uh, idea of uh, seeing the Reds in different stadiums. It's something I've tried to do since I've been boycotting the Reds and. Uh, Good way to see new, new places. So good Question, luck. Are you going to wear your Mike Moustakis jersey to the Kansas City game? Oh well, you know what's interesting is I do. I have a uh, home Moustakis jersey for the Reds and an away Moustakis jersey. I also have a Kansas City Royals Moustakis jersey in my collection. They're actually all framed on my wall uh, because he's my favorite player. So I may have to may have to pull one of them down to wear to that. Um, Only sold in triple XL. I'm sorry. That's the last. That's my last oh, one. Yeah. That's, that's the last. The last mo- <laughs> that's the last. You know what? Actually, we we might need to, to pour one out because that was uh, that may be the last Mustakis joke we ever make on this show. God bless you, Mike Mustakis. The if moose. More, if you want more, just join us on the Slack channel at Patreon.com/slash Riverfront. <laughs> exactly. My first New Year's resolution, Nate, is one that um, I'm very serious about. And that you all will hear me working through week to week here on the show. And that's, uh, let me just say it, then I'll explain what I'm talking about. I want to remember every single day why I fell in love with baseball back in the first place. You know, um, the certainly the last 12 months of being a Reds fan, but, but even the last 30 years have been frustrating. This time last year, it started boiling over um, to the point where we orchestrated a, uh, a billboard campaign. Thanks to all of you for joining on that. It was uh, it was fun, but the Reds have been a little bit of a a slog for a while. And the reason I first fell in love with baseball was not because the Reds were good. They weren't good when I first started watching the team. There are a lot of reasons why I'm a Reds fan. Um, some of it is is, is family. You know, father, grandfather. You know, sort of introduced us to it. My grandfather specifically, who passed away when I was nine, but he was a he was a Reds fan and, and a huge baseball fan, and and um, that's that's the real reason I got into to baseball. Um, but there's been so many bad years over the last thirty years with the Reds, but the game sort of I I, I want to go off on a on a James Earl Jones rant here, you know, the game, you know, keeps uh, keeps uh, I wish I looked up that uh, speech, but. Um, I love this sport. 
you know, I, every year for a, for a long time, I would watch um, the Ken Burns documentary during spring training, just because I love the game. That's not red specific. Um, ball four. I used to read it every spring training. Jim Bouton's Ball Four. Still hilarious uh, baseball book. Um, I love Red's history. I wrote a book. I wrote a book about it. I still am constantly writing about Red's history and thinking about Red's history. This is it, it's something that's part of all of us. I'm going to try to care less about the wins and losses on the field or the the nonsense in the owner's box because that's just it does nothing but frustrate me. We're not we're going to still tell you the truth about it here on the show. We'll never stop doing that. But I want to make a, a sincere, concerted effort to just remember that hey, this game is fun. Okay, I love baseball. I love the sport. And yes, this version of the Reds is not going to be the best version of the Reds, but I like a lot of these players. And actually. This year's team is going to be, there will be a lot of players I like with these young controllable assets plus Will Myers um, and Joey Votto. And so um, so that's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to be intentional about it, about really trying to remember why I fell in love with baseball and with this franchise because all that's still there. All that history um, is still there. And uh, anyway, that's my first one, Nate. I'll let you hit your second one or comment on mine, criticize mine. No, I'm not going to criticize it at all. I love what you said. I love specifically that you did mention, hey, we're going to be honest. I think the positivity is going to be a focus here going forward because you have to do something. Nobody wants to have a podcast where you hop on there once a week and you know feel sorry for yourself. This is, this is, this is not what this is. We have at least one more year of Joey Votto. We've got exciting, young, likable players, and it's still the greatest sport in the history of athletics. So, yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. And and let me just say quickly, uh, positivity, that's not a thing where nobody wants to listen to us. I don't care if anybody listens to us. We're not, you know, uh, we, we've been doing it our way, whatever. I don't want to talk about the Reds. I love the Reds too much to get on here and just complain every week. For my mental health, I want to get on here and have some fun. And we always try to laugh about it, even when they're bad. But, yeah, it, uh, they're, they're, there's fun things. While still telling you the truth, we can still uh, – Continue to try to have fun, but there's there is some of that misery loves company thing where that's what the Patreon families become, which is just uh, we can kind of commiserate over how bad they are while also coming together over the fact that we, for some reason, genuinely love this stupid franchise. So anyway, back to you. Yeah. So my next one is uh, we don't need to spend a lot of time on this, but I have decided that as you did with the the Reds losing 102 games, getting a tattoo. If the Reds lose 100 games. I'm going to put all of my money into the FC Cincinnati basket. I need to root for a Cincinnati team. I've got the Bengals. I've got the Reds. Why not one more? I'm going to go hard in the paint on FC Cincinnati. So this way, even if the Reds are having a brutal season as they're teaching the ropes to some of these young guys, I've got something else going on. I can root for it. I can be excited because, hey, in this negative, there is a giant positive. <laughs> it's FC Cincy. So, <laughs> uh, Nate, you, uh, you you got the World Cup fever, don't you? It happened a little bit. I loved <laughs> going to a bar at whatever 10 a.m. to watch the uh, the U.S.'s last game and acting like I knew everything. It's like, man, I've been watching soccer my entire life. I can't believe he just passed it at that time. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I was going nuts, but it was super fun, and I think that at least from a uh, from a fan perspective, soccer is probably the best sport in the world. It's not the best sport, but just from a fan energy, yeah. enthusiasm perspective. Yeah. Um, so 
If the Reds are bad, then I will find the space in my heart of hearts for FC Cincy. Uh, yeah, we're not about to become an FC Cincy podcast. Um, although if we can find a, a good co-host, I may do a FC Cincy show here at the Riverfront Network uh, with someone. So, but uh, because because FC Cincinnati, man, this past year was, was was so much fun to watch. But I was talking with someone just last night, actually, and talking about they're thinking about uh, moving to, to the Cincinnati area, and we're just talking about how you know. If, if, if you play it right, I guess you have to have, a, uh, you know, depends on what your budget is, but in, in, in live in a certain area downtown, you can walk to the Bengals, you can walk to the Reds, you can walk to FC Cincinnati, and, you know, um, the Reds are garbage. FC Cincinnati until last year were not great, but passionate fan base and a really fun, if you've not been to a game, I've had more fun at FC Cincinnati games the last couple of years than I've had at Reds games in a long time. And of course the Bengals are, you know, the Bengals, the Riverfront Bengals show. Let's do it every week. Um, Cause that team is fun. But um, Cincinnati's in a pretty good place uh, in terms of professional sports uh, accessibility, better than they've been in a while. I just wish the Reds were better, but uh, there's something to be said for, uh, for this, the Cincinnati as a, as a professional sports town and then if you're a bearcats fan you got that if you're a, a, a xavier fan well you know um good luck with that because xavier is the uh worst team in the big east oh no never mind that's my georgetown hoyas is the worst team in the big east. um so i like it nate i like it um afc cincinnati what's your, co-host what's your number uh, two? Oh yeah my my number two team. and this Team at Riverfront Cincy, if you're interested in co-hosting an FC Cincinnati podcast. Team at Riverfront Cincy. Um, my second one, Nate, and this is one that I got to—I got to admit, uh, Nate um, kind of pricked my brain a little bit to, to make me remember this is one that I need to add to my list uh, because this is one that it's very—we've uh, we, talked about it, Nate and I've talked about it back channel quite a bit, and we've done some of this on the show. But my second New Year's red solution is to do everything I can to support the Reggie Sanders for Reds Hall of Fame campaign. Okay. Now look, Reggie Sanders. uh, Okay. Full disclosure, friend of the podcast. He's been on the show before and I would love to have him on again. And I think we can probably work that out. Um, And I advocated it for him before and I failed. Um, It's a complete joke that he's not, Reggie Sanders is not in the Reds Hall of Fame. As I've said many times here on the show, um, and you can laugh at me, whatever, but I'm the world's foremost um, authority on the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. I care more about the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame than anyone on earth. Two things about that. Number one, why am I not on the Veterans Committee? Why haven't they asked me to do that? And number two, why isn't Reggie Sanders in the Reds Hall of Fame? You know, uh, Danny Graves got elected to the Reds Hall of Fame this year. Guess what? Danny Graves deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Bronson Arroyo. Bronson Arroyo deserves to be in the Reds Hall of Fame. I have no issue with that. Neither of those guys actually are have a better candidacy than than Reggie Sanders. And um, so anyway, I, I think that I'm, I'm, this is me and, and old man yelling at the clouds, but I intend to use this a little tiny platform we've got here to be all Reggie Sanders all the time. So in 2023, every show is going to begin with a 30-minute rant about Reggie Sanders. <laughs> and then we'll get into the news of the week. Are you okay with that, Nate? I love it. I love it. I support this. Uh, if we need to get another billboard going, we can do it. I mean, the guy has 35 more wins above replacement 
than Danny Graves. That's and that's not, not to say that's not, not to say Danny Graves. Yes. Not Sorry. a slide on Danny Graves. I'm getting excited again. A light on the just appalling fact that Reggie Sanders isn't in. It makes no sense. So, yeah, um, Riverfront listeners, friends, colleagues, loved ones, get ready to get annoyed by Chad and I tooting the <laughs> horn, if you will, for uh, carrying all the Reggie Sanders water. Hopefully getting back in the podcast. Well, and and again, let me just clarify. He was on the podcast, and so I appreciate that. But I first wrote about him at uh, Red Ignition and at for Cincinnati Magazine about why he should be in the Hall of Fame way before I'd ever met him. And I say I met him as if we're close it's personal just, friends. It's objectively true. It's objectively true that he right. should be in the Hall. That's right. It, yeah. So, um, no, I'm excited also about say that. that. We do have some inside information that the powers that be are familiar with our uh, philanthropical ha- efforts. So perhaps another, another billboard might. Maybe we, we don't put our logo on. Maybe we get somebody else to sponsor. <laughs> Leave it un, unrepresented. But yeah, the, 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 Don't it out. The, <laughs> we have some reason to believe that the that the current sentiment about the riverfront within the Reds front office may not be at its highest level ever. So maybe we right, can leave so the logo. Let me rephrase that. Reggie, do not come on this podcast. <laughs> Go talk to Jim Day. <laughs> yeah, we will hurt your chances. We will we'll retweet it. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Reggie Sanders. Nate, what's your third New Year's red solution? So my third, and it's going to be my final one for the evening, and it's probably the one that I'm most excited about. So you've had this boycott going, right? True. I have not. You have not. Now, I haven't been to a game in quite some time. That's because of life happens, not because when I've been to Reds games. I just haven't been to Great American Ballpark recently. I do not have a boycott. I intend to go soon. So not only am I going to go soon, I'm going to go this year. It's Joey Votto's last year, first and foremost, right? But more importantly, I want to complete something that I am trying to find a name for. And it's the Great American Ballpark Checklist, Bucket List. I don't know yet. I need some help from Twitter and the podcast universe. But I'm thinking it starts like this. In one sitting, one game, I need to have a Skyline, Chili Cheese Coney, a La Rosa's Pizza, Sky Rosa, that counts. That's, 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 that's two boxes. I need peanuts. I need Cracker Jack. And I'm thinking two local adult beverages. Oh, my goodness, Nate. And then boom, Are you sure? That's it. And I, you know, listen, if you're out there at Riverfront Cincy, team at Riverfront Cincy. Let me know how we can perfect this list because I want to have the ultimate GABP, Great American Ballpark Experience bucket list. And I need to know exactly what that is. But I'm doing it this year. You heard it here first. Well, I like the overall thought there, which is let's come up with the the way to experience. What do you have to do? If you're a real Reds fan, what do you have to do at Great American Ballpark to make it the perfect experience or the ultimate experience um i'm not sure i could do la rosa's and skyline at the same time although i'll tell you i'm a i'm a coney guy man i will i i don't i can't go to great american ballpark without it without a coney but hey, yeah what bonus are, points bonus points for surviving the heart attack <laughs> it's true but yeah what are the precise beverages you know in in 1971 it would be a a, a pole. you know is that still what it is i don't know 
Uh, so uh, let's, I look, let's have I look that conversation. Only on lemon chills and frosty malts, but I'm not, I'm not sure they're still around. Right. So I need, we definitely need some inside info from people that have been to the ballpark recently. Hit me up. Let's create this perfect list. I love I'm it. Doing I love, it. I'm doing it. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, we need to we need to figure that out, and then we can uh, we can all get behind that. Let me give you, give you my last New Year's resolution here, Nate. And uh, this is a and this is an important one for me, and it kind of plays right along with what you just said. But I have not, as you you mentioned, I've been boycotting. Not the Reds, because I've seen the Reds at other stadiums. And I watch them on TV all the time. But I've been boycotting Castellini. And I don't want to give Cast- Bob Castellini or the Castellini family any more of my money than I have to until they are gone. And so I've been very diligent. I haven't been to Great American Ballpark since 2019. The last time I didn't go to a game in Cincinnati before 2019 was probably 88. Not the 88. I mean, you know... Um, I built my life around the Reds in some ways. And so it was a big, whether people roll their eyes when I talk about this boycott or not, and I know a lot of people do, and that's fine. I don't care um, because it is, it's just stupid and meaningless. And I never really encouraged anyone to join me. I've been like, this is my thing. If you want to join, fine, do it. And some people have joined the boycott. Um, I'm going to break my great American ballpark boycott. This, this is my new year's resolution. You did not put this in the show notes, sir. <laughs> I'm going to break it. For one reason, I need to watch Joey Votto play at Great American Ballpark in what might be his final season in Cincinnati. Joey Votto is more important than Bob Castellini and Phil Castellini. And I may go back to the boycott, but I absolutely will break the boycott. And so what we need to do, Nate, and we need to start the planning on this now, there are a couple places that I've kind of talked to about maybe doing a live show in Cincinnati. Maybe we need to find a place to have a live podcast and officially break the boycott at some point and have uh, the Riverfront family come and let's, let's make a big deal of it. So uh, this is another thing I want you all to talk amongst yourselves, as they say. Um, and uh, let's start this conversation about how to break this boycott. It's going to be a one-time thing. Well, maybe not one time, maybe more than one time, but um after this season, it's going back into effect if the Castellans are still involved. But I can't – it's Joey Votto, and he's a, he's a generational talent. We may never see anyone uh, – well, no one will ever see anyone like him uh, again. You know, it, maybe maybe we may see a player as good as Joey Votto, I hope, in Cincinnati. We'll never see a personality like Joey Votto again um, in Cincinnati. Just uh, – he's an international treasure. And so um, – that's my last New Year's resolution, Nate. I'm gonna I'm gonna break my boycott this year. This is some big news. This is a magical <laughs> moment. I'm glad I got to share this with you. Um, Breaking. I kind of buried the buried the lead a little bit earlier, but I think that that Padres series, maybe we can get Carlos to join from Texas. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we have a uh, post-podcast conversation to have about how we plan around this. It's not like I've got anything going on next year. Hashtag wedding. Um, <laughs> We're not going to do it in March. Way, <laughs> I'm excited. We're doing, we will come live from Alexis Diaz's home, Puerto Rico, in March. But um, I'm excited about this. This is – there could not possibly be a better reason to get back inside those gates than watch – Joey Votto, because we don't know this, we have no idea what the future holds, but there is at least a reasonable chance 
this is the last season he will wear a Reds uniform. And he's certainly been the greatest Red of my lifetime. And we can't let yeah. that uh, can't let that pass. Yeah. So let's start the planning process now. We've got plenty of time to do this planning. Toss us your thoughts, whatever. But let's let's have a riverfront weekend in Cincinnati and um, figure out how to do this right. So, and plenty of time for those of you that are out of town to make your plans to be there. I'm looking at you, uh, Joey Gaditza in, uh, in Canada and uh, Calvin, Calvin going to make it over Calvin. When are you going to be here from uh, the, from the uh, United Kingdom? We got to get the riverfront family together. So uh, let's, uh, let's start planning that Nate. Um, I love it. I can't wait. Um, also, please, I want to encourage anybody listening here that has Twitter, first delete it. But if you don't delete it, tweet at us uh, at Riverfront Cincy and let us know your New Year's resolutions. I had a lot of fun just thinking about this and I have a few more that you know, didn't make the cut, but we can we can we can do that online. That was it's been a lot of fun. Well, I was gonna say go ahead and give me your your others, but <laughs> we're 52 minutes in here. Nate, we we literally before we started recording, we we're like you, you said something to the effect of, if we're still talking about the Reds after an hour, you know, what is there to talk about? And every time this is what happens, we get on a roll. So let's let's get through. We only had a couple of uh, viewer mail questions that we needed to get to. So let's get to those quickly. But before we do that, Nate, we got a new member of the Patreon uh, Riverfront family. Woo! Ricky Epperly. First of all, that's a that's a great A name. Ricky Epperly. Oh gosh. Um, Ricky Epperly joined the family. Actually, not this week, but last week, and we it was holiday week, and we and I apologize, Ricky, that we didn't, you know, last week we didn't get a give this shout out. I wanted to wait till this week because when we went quote unquote live again. But Ricky, uh, thank you so much for joining the family. Now, as is our custom, when you join the Riverfront family, you are assigned a position on the Riverfront Beer League softball team. There's only one answer here, Nate. I'm, I want to. We haven't talked about this before, so I'm willing. I want to see what you say first, but I think there's only one answer. What position does Ricky Epperly play? For the Reds or for the beer league supplement. Who do you think there's two? Let's hear hear what you got. The first answer is I suddenly feel inspired to start a Riverfront NASCAR league because Ricky (laughs) Epperly sounds like the best driver in the country. (laughs) Solid, solid. But in absence of that, beer league implies some slow pitching, but I think Ricky Epperly's bringing the heat. He's on the mound for sure. He's a closer. He is a, a, he's a, am I right? Is he? Listen, Ricky, he's, the, he's the kind of guy that your team loves him, but other teams <laughs> might not so much. Ricky Wild Thing Epperly. That's yeah, his new go. nickname uh, in the, on the Brits Beer League, or Riverfront Beer League. All about to. Oh, I love it. I love it. Ricky, man. Hey, thank you so much. Really appreciate you joining us. Um, and look forward to getting to know you in the coming weeks and months at the Slack, uh, on our Slack channel, but uh, love having you as part of this ridiculous family. All apologies, right, first, apologies to Ricky for being a Reds fan, but we'll get through this together. <laughs> Misery loves company, Ricky. Also, um, Ricky Epperly is a serious NASCAR driver name, and I, I, I've never seen Ricky, but I'm imagining, a, I shouldn't say this out loud probably, but I'm imagining a mullet. Ooh, I was going mustache. Oh, mustache and a mullet. I can say that though, Ricky. Because my son, my large teenage son, who refuses to uh, cut his hair, has a mullet because he thinks it makes him. I don't know why he does it, but um, I have He's to. The Samson of his generation. 
Yeah, something like that. He has a basketball game tonight. We got to get finished here so I can go to his basketball game because I do, I do love, I love my, son, love my son. All right. So next, uh, our question comes from Jerry Saduth. Jerry's question is this: Zips has Spencer Steer projected as the Reds' best position player? Now, Zips. First of all, it's uh, if you go to Fangraphs.com, you can find the Zips. It's a projection system by um, actually a really good guy and um. um Sort of a friend of the podcast. We need to have him on, actually. But it's Dan Zimborski is his name. Good follow on uh, on the Twitters. But he does this projection system. It's really good. The project the Reds projections this year has spent his projections have Spencer Steer. Good Lord, I can't even talk. Projected as the Reds' best position player. Jerry says, I think he'll do fine, but I don't think he'd be the best on a team with a healthy, fingers crossed, Tyler Stevenson. Am I underrating Spencer Steer? And I'm looking now at the Zips projections for Spencer Steer, uh, 25 years old this year, and they project him essentially. Um, well, I had it here. Where is it? Good grief! There we go. 246 batting average, not great, but 324 on base, 432 slugging, 98 OPS plus. So if you look at OPS plus, he, he's not actually the the best uh, hitter. But in terms of WAR, they have him projected at 1.9 wins above replacement. And they project that as the best wins of replacement on the Reds for 2023. I do not think Spencer Steer is going to be the Reds' best position player. I do think he'll be fine. I think the Zips projections with respect to Tyler Stevenson uh, have some issues because of playing time. And I think that if Tyler Stevenson is healthy, he's going to way outpace those projections. But, uh, I think Spencer Steer is going to be good. I'm looking forward to watching him. I think he's a good player. No, he's not going to be the Reds' best position player. It's either going to be Tyler Stevenson or Joey Votto. Nate? I am pro Spencer Steer. Big fan. The Reds need three Spencer Steers to fill out this roster. But you are smoking something if you think he is going to have a better year than Tyler Stevenson. You need to holler at your boy, Dan reprimand him verbally. Maybe if you see him in person, give him a, give him a good shaking. You know, no, we, we don't support physical assault. We're not Tommy Fan. But just a good, <laughs> a good firm shaking to let him know this is not okay. No, that's ridiculous. He, will, he I don't think he'll finish in the top four. These projections projections did come out before the Red sign Will Myers. So there I don't you know go. if you heard the GOAT. <laughs> I actually think the Zips projections are generally pretty good, but yeah, I, I don't see it happening. Next comes from, again, uh, we've already mentioned him once, but Joey Gaditza. Joey oh. says, gentlemen, an early prediction. Will Myers will be more productive than Tommy Pham was. Before he gets traded at some point, he'll hit 279 with 22 long balls and 71 ribs. Sound good, or has the cold weather here really messed with my judgment? I'm, my favorite thing about our Riverfront uh, Slack uh, channel is Joey giving us a daily update on what the wind chill factor is in Canada. Yikes. Um, I guess I, yes, he'll be more productive than Fam was. I, I think that's, I'm, I'm, I'm 97% sure he'll be more productive than Fam was. Now, some of that is because Fam was so awful early that it, it depressed his overall numbers. He was, he was cromulent afterwards, but. I'm all in on Will Myers. I've decided this is going to become a Will Myers slash Reggie Sanders focused podcast. If uh, if Will Myers puts up the numbers that Joey Gaditza has predicted there, then he will be way better than Tommy Pham. Two seventy nine with 20, 22 long balls and seventy ribs. You're getting you're getting Brandon Drury territory right there, my friend. The Brandon Red's Drury Legend project. Brandon Drury. 
No, I think that uh, the cold weather has probably messed with your head, but not necessarily at this juncture. No. Well, yeah, great. no. I'm excited. I'm excited. Absolutely. Will Myers, we love you. Um, last question, and then we'll wrap up. Here comes our friend Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell from Columbus, Ohio. What day are we meeting at the Holy Grail to watch a game? Also, who's going to have the better ERA, Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green? Well, look. Maybe we meet at the hundred at the Holy Grail to have a live podcast, and uh, then go over to the game. I don't know. We'll see. We'll figure that out. Um, better ERA, Nick Lodolo or Hunter Green? Um, it could be either. I'm going with Nick Lodolo. A little older, uh, a little bit more polished, but uh, I would not be surprised to see either of them. I'm excited for both. Nate, um, I agree completely with your ERA assessment. I will say green because you picked Lodolo and I would have done that had you sent it over to me first. So now I have to be a dissenter. Um, I do want to argue that or at least present an argument for watching a game at the Holy Grail the day after we watch a game at Grand American Ballpark because I have learned about myself. If I have too many adult beverages, I have a very difficult time speaking. <laughs> My brain doesn't work <laughs> the same speed. And if I'm completing this Great American Ballpark Bucket List Challenge, I might not be up for a podcast the next day. So we'll have to work, we'll have to work out the logistics, Hooper. All right. We'll make it happen. We'll figure that out. That's going to be part of our bucket list weekend uh, for the Riverfront this year. All right, Nate, any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, it's super fun. I am starting to get really excited for this next season, and optimism will abound. We did it. It's the last week of the year in a season that the Reds w- lost 100 games, and we still figured out how to talk about the Reds for an hour. We are completely and utterly uh, just insane. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy on all those platforms. That's at Riverfront Cincy. And a huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This show would literally not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. And as always, we'd love for you to join in our hijinks. Just go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy or click the link in the show notes. For Nate Dotson and Willie Green. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.